and welcome back to the Field to Court Football Podcast. I'm Andrew Zidell, as Pete was unable to make it again. I'm accompanied by two guests today, Peyton and Colin. If you guys wouldn't mind introducing yourselves really quickly, and then we could get into it. Uh, all right, I guess I'll go first. Um, I'm Peyton Geeman, scout on Instagram. Uh, I live in New York, and I'm here to talk about the Giants. Hi, my name is uh, Colin. You can find me at uh, Carolina Panthers Instagram. And uh, I'm from Canada. I'm happy to be here. How did, how did you become a Panthers fan? I don't think I know this story. I uh, really just grew up loving the uh, the blue color. Oh, gotcha. Black and all that. Gotcha. That makes sense. Well, usually we do film the pod, record the podcast on Tuesdays, and we'll go over Week 10 games. It's obviously Friday now. Week 10 feels a little distant, so we'll spend less time on it, but it's still important to talk about. Um, so, uh, Peyton, we'll start with you. Obviously, the Giants got a big game over there, a big win over their divisional rival, the Eagles. Um, let me hear your thoughts on that game. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely great. Daniel Jones, his second. Um, career turnover for game second game in a row actually um, and the whole team looked really good uh, Joe Judge had been spending extra time with the offensive line in practice they did a really good job especially against Brandon Graham who's having a really good season for the Eagles he's going to be a pro bowler um, they just had a really good performance all around they're able to run the ball dominantly against that really good defense um, their defense was very solid they had a bunch of sacks um, and and I mean, at this rate, if they keep winning, they could win the NFC East with like six wins. I mean, we all know how great that division is, right? Yeah, I'm also a Giants fan. I, th- I think they looked really good uh, last week, probably the best game of the season. Uh, and it's nice to see Daniel Jones making smarter decisions and really spreading the ball around. He got, uh, I believe, eight receivers involved. So that was uh, really great to see. And then um, we'll shift right over to Colin. Obviously, that game didn't quite go your way, but there were some bright spots, at least from the uh, at least from the first half. There was some bright spots. Teddy did play well in the first half, but in the second half was just brutal. I mean, we gave up points. The defense was brutal. We gave up points in every quarter, and we gave up 17 points in the fourth quarter, and only only scored. 35 yards total offense in the second half. That's just unacceptable. Right. Um, I mean, I, I'm really high on the Panthers this year. Obviously, they're three and seven, but I, I think Teddy looks good. He's getting a lot of receivers involved. Not as much uh, on Sunday, but I mean, the, the defense is the problem, I think. It's a very young, inexperienced defense. They've gotten – they've shown flashes throughout the season that they can be competitive, they can be a good defense, but it's all about experience and getting better. Like, we have a very good defensive back in Jeremy Chin. I think he can be defensive rookie of the year. And I don't know. I, we really got to get more pressure on the quarterback as well. Like, yeah, losing absolutely. every game in the trenches. Right. Um, do you happen to know any like updates on Teddy's status for Sunday? Or um, he's um, he's questionable, but 
I'm going to have to say it's unlikely that he plays since Will Greer, P.J. Walker, Tommy uh, Stevenson, they've all been practicing all week. I'd be shocked to see the Panthers not be cautious with Teddy, especially since it's a knee injury. Right. Yeah, I'd love to see Will Greer. Um, but I think, and you know this better than me, the signs seem to be pointing towards P.J., um, but I could well, be wrong about that. Actually, Will uh, Matt Rule said that it's more likely for Will Greer to start over. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I mean, I just assume that because PJ has been coming in when Teddy has to leave games, but that that's good to hear. I yeah. think Will could have a future. Um, um, he was the and... high draft pick. They want to see what they can get out of him. But... Right. Um, and then, what you got something, paid? Yeah, I, I was just gonna say, I think it'd be interesting to see PJ. I mean, if he can met, still has some of that XFL magic. I mean, he was making some really great throws. Um, but obviously, they probably would go with Greer just for future purposes because I don't, I'm not entirely sure, but I doubt they'll stick with Teddy for like the next ten years. No, I, I don't see us sticking with Teddy. I could see us sticking with Teddy for next year, but I don't think after that no yeah yeah I mean Teddy Teddy could have been really good like really just a great quarterback if he could stay healthy his entire career but he's got yeah. very unlucky so one thing um, that's also uh, interesting the Lions could be without <clears throat> Matthew Stafford as well because he's also right. questionable to play yeah I think yeah and I think I think they ruled out Galladay yeah. and Swift and um, Amendola already. Yeah, they have. So yep. both teams are dealing with a lot of injuries. Both teams are not making the playoffs. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be probably a slugfest. Right. Yeah, that's that, that was a game I, I will probably not be watching, but <laughs> um, yeah, it'll probably um, be, a, be a struggle. It'll be a struggle. yeah. Um. But then usually we go over three games a week. I think, I mean, there were a lot of close games last week, but I think the one that stuck out most to me, other than obviously the Bills-Cardinals game, which we have some articles about already, um, was the Packers-Jags game. And obviously the Packers are 72. They're having a great year, but I, I cannot figure them out. I mean, they looked pretty atrocious at times in this game. Yeah. And, I, yeah, I'm, I was kind of confused. So, if you guys have any thoughts on, on that game. You guys think that uh, Aaron Rodgers maybe needs a better offensive line? <laughs> yeah, I think he needs a lot more help than they're giving him. I mean, they – I don't know what they were doing in the draft and what they did at the trade deadline, but, I mean, he's still showing out. He's having MVP year, arguably. But they definitely yeah. need, and but I mean, he has Alan Lazard coming back this week probably. Adams hasn't really been healthy the whole year. Um, Aaron Jones is finally back and healthy. I mean, it could be. I'm sure they'll be much better this week than they were last week. I'm not entirely sure, but do they still have Devin Funches, a receiver? I think he opted out? out at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I think so too. Um, no, I mean, it, it's like it's easy to look at their roster on paper and say Rodgers doesn't have enough help, which he doesn't. But then he's still through for over 300 yards and a few touchdowns. So, yeah. I mean, he, if, you, if you give him a better line, maybe one more 
good receiver. Uh, maybe, the Packers maybe. team could be scary. I'd say maybe and, tight end, a reliable tight end. Yeah. Right. Also, I think um, – Obviously with... – yeah, Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, you uh, Also, um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I think, I think he had two touchdowns, but he's like – he drops wide open passes. They, yeah, he's very, they, he's they very really need to figure that out. I mean, he he probably. I mean, he obviously he scored, but he almost cost them that game with those drops. Mm-hmm. Right, and I mean, it's easy to look at that game and see, oh, they beat the Jaguars by four points. They are still seven and two, um, so they are finishing games, but they're. Not my favorite to win the NFC. I actually have no idea who my favorite to win the NFC is anymore um, because the Packers don't look fantastic. The Saints are in a little bit of trouble with Drew Brees. And the NFC West is just so unpredictable. The Seahawks have been an absolute roller coaster. Yeah. Right. Like, they started 5-0 and now they're, like, they've been 1-3 and the last four weeks. Yeah, I mean, last night was a obviously a huge win for them but yeah i just i i don't see how they could make the super bowl or even win it with their defense um i actually thought that last night their defense looked really good i like it at carlos dunlap had a, a few sacks including the game winning one but with him they just looked so much better and they were missing like shaquille griffin quentin dunbar a bunch of starters and they, they did look a lot better obviously it's still a really bad group but if they can get some of those guys back, they might actually be a decent defense in, in the next few weeks. Yeah, I, I agree with that assessment. They did look much better. And uh, granted, Kyler looked somewhat off the whole game. But, um, yeah, I'd give them credit where it's due. It was almost their first game allowing a team under 20. And it wasn't, but it was close. And hopefully it'll be a turning point for them. Yeah, I mean, they, they kept mentioning that whole game. Like, when you were watching, they kept showing Kyler. He, was, he had some kind of shoulder injury. I think that definitely held him back a bit. He wasn't moving as much as he normally does. He was still running the ball a lot, but he definitely looked limited. That was probably part of it. But I'd... Yeah, um, you definitely don't want to get tackled. You have a shoulder injury, and you get that shoulder planted into the ground. It's not fun. Yeah, absolutely, and they were um, giving him treatment in between every drive. Something's going on, um, but, I mean, he still put it, had a great second half. So, all right, well, now we can move on to week 11, and first off, week 11 storylines. Um, I know Colin was talking about this a bit earlier in our in our group chat, how Drew Brees is out. He's had he's really got beat up in the past two weeks and uh, it seems as though Taysom Hill will be the starter for the Saints. You know, the Saints probably better than we do. Uh, So what do you think that team's going to look like? I think Taysom Hill will struggle, but I think they can figure it out by the end of the season, but I think they're going to struggle a lot the next couple weeks with Taysom. And I'd, I'd almost push for Jameis Winston to start over him just because he's more of a pocket passer. He's more in their system. It's more their kind of system quarterback. 
play. In yeah, the I agree. I actually think it's going to be a very college-like offense. They're going to run the ball a lot. I, I would guess Murray and Camaro probably each have 20 touches, and uh, Hill's going to run the ball too. But I also don't think, just because Hill is starting, I think Winston's still going to be on the field a decent bit because they like to use Hill in the gadget role, of like the tight end receiver, whatever you want to call him. I think Winston will be throwing the ball a bunch of times also. If I if I was Sean Payne, something I would think of doing is having Taysom, Kamara, and Jameis all in the same backfield there in a double halfback set. Yeah, I mean Sean Payton's pretty creative. I'm I'm sure he'll be able to figure it out. But I I also personally I I think I I don't fully understand why they would start Hill. Uh, also, just in terms of like future value, last year when Breeze was out and they started Bridgewater. Um, he looked really good, and they're able to get like a comp pick because he left and he signed for a big deal. I, I would think they would try to do the same thing with Winston, but I guess they're not worried about that as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the Saints would love for Taysom to be their future guy. Um, granted, he's 30, but he's still got a lot of years left as a quarterback. And so, I mean, this feels like an experiment. It is an experiment. He only has 10 career completions, but yeah, that's, I, yeah, I, the thing is, I disagree with is yeah. an older, an older quarterback is a dual threat quarterback. We know those kind of quarterbacks don't last that long in the league. They get beat up a lot. I know Taysom hasn't dealt with that many injuries, but they do happen. Right. And I mean, probably a part of the reason why he hasn't dealt with too many injuries is because he's on the field for like, 10 snaps um but he, he still gets beat up I mean you look at his arm after I believe it was their game last week or two weeks ago like bloody and he he, get, he takes a beat and mm-hmm. he initiates a lot of contact though he runs hard like he he runs like a running back or a big tight end would after yeah, they catch like the ball like, he runs like a football player not a quarterback yeah. right but, yeah, I, I I think it's a questionable move because, sure, it'd be great to find out if he's your future guy, but you're half a game ahead of the Bucks. You can't really be uh, messing around with an experiment when you have a division to win and quite possibly the number one seed in the NFC. But, I, I will say, though. I, and, think, uh, I think this definitely opens the door wide open for the Bucks to win the division. Yeah. I mean, I think – them doing it against, I mean, they're playing the Falcons who aren't that good. It's, it's not like, I mean, they they have the Chiefs in a few weeks. If, if they are, if Breeze isn't back and they choose to start Hill in that game, I would be shocked. Um, but I guess the Falcons and the Broncos are their next two games. That's probably a good stretch to try them out. Yeah. The Falcons should play them tough, though. Yeah, I mean, the, I, would, I mean, you again. You probably know more about the Falcons than we do. They they haven't been great, but they always keep the games kind of close. Mm, I mean, they kicked our ass. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they've looked good ever since uh, they fired. Yeah, ever since they fired Dan Quinn, they've looked good. I don't know. Well, that kind of leads me into what I wanted to do next, which is just. We're, we're going into week 11, um, 
and we still don't have a great sense of what the playoffs are going to look like. The AFC is incredibly tight. The NFC West is tight. The NFC South just got shaken up. So uh, we could just go through the divisions. Some, like, I mean, the AFC North, we won't have a whole lot to talk about, but the AFC East is, is getting close. Yeah, the and... Dolphins have made it very competitive with the Bills there. Their defense looks really good. Um, and after winning five straight, momentum is definitely... Yeah, Grimes Boy is doing a really good job down there. I mean, uh, he, he's already entering, like, the coach of the year conversation, I think, just because of they're on a five-game winning streak now. They're six and three. The Bills are seven and three, so they're closing that gap. But whatever... Uh, he he they just those players seem to really respond to him and he really gets the most out of them I mean he's looking like he'll be one of the great coaches in the league for a long time right um he is a he's a Belichick guy and you see a lot of them except not Patricia having success so yeah we've seen how good uh Tua has emerged Right. I got him wrong. I don't know about you guys following the draft, but I, I just didn't think he was going to have a sustainable play style. But he's looked I didn't, really good, especially as a passer. I thought he'd be pretty good, but I didn't think he would play this year. Me neither. I did not think. Yeah. I, I, I thought they were good. I thought they would be very season. worried about his health, especially off that, that hip injury he was coming off of that, like, ended Bo Jackson's career. Uh, I mean, different medical yeah. care, but still. Right. Um, so we can move on to the AFC North. There's not a whole lot to talk about. There. I mean, if, if the we, Raven... I know you mentioned Coach of the Year. I mean, I'd have to throw Mike Tomlin yeah. in there. I don't know. For sure. I actually think in terms of the AFC North, um, like the, the Ravens should be worried because the, the Browns are coming for second place. They, they might. Yeah, they're tied. They're both six and three right now. Yeah, Lamar has not looked very good recently. Their offense has been struggling. No, he hasn't. And that's a good point about the Browns because if the Browns win one more game and the Ravens drop another bad one, especially like like last week, the the Ravens are out of the playoffs, even with the expanded format. Yeah, because the Titans Um, are also 6-3 and and they're tied with the Colts. And the Raiders are right there. Yeah, the Raiders. Uh, when, when you say the expanded format, is that the seven team or the eight team? Because weren't they talking recently about maybe doing eight teams for this year in each conference because of uh, coronavirus? I thought I saw that somewhere that they had an owner's call or something. I personally haven't seen that, but I'm not going to say it's wrong. I heard about it. I didn't think that was going to happen this year, although I'm sure it could. I was referring to the seven seed playoff. Yeah, I think um, on November 10th, the owners approved. It's like a contingency plan to expand the playoffs to 16 games. If they have to cancel regular season games, then they can't fully play out and like have their tiebreakers that would go through. I guess they would do that just for this year. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I mean, I, I, I really hope that doesn't happen because yeah. 
based on the playoff picture, it looks like there are nine teams in the running. If you if you don't count the Patriots, ten if you do, yeah. and then if you expand the if you expand the playoffs to eight, I mean, then I think it's not a whole lot of a race anymore. Week sixteen and week seventeen will be uh, very important for the AFC. Absolutely. Um, uh, for the, for the on... South, who do you guys think would win that out of the Colts and the Titans right now? Um, I mean, if Philip Rivers keeps up his how he's been playing the last few games, I'd have to say the Colts. I mean, he's looked really good. But if he goes back to how he was playing earlier in the season where he throws three interceptions and then the defense is on the field the whole game and they can't keep up, then probably the Titans. I'd have to go with the Titans. I think they have a much more sustainable defense. And I think their offense is a lot more balanced with Derrick Henry and Tannehill. Yeah, I, I, it's such a toss-up. Um, and if you factor in momentum, it's on the Colts' side. But I don't know. I think that the especially the Titans, they play some pretty weak run defenses to end out the year, which certainly will complement their play style. Yeah. So I'm I'm also going to side with the Titans, but it, it could go. I think that division surprising too, because a lot of people were expecting the Texans at the beginning of the season to really be in the running there, and they have just obviously they traded DeAndre Hopkins, Bill O'Brien did a lot of things that people would disagree with, but they really kind of fell from being favored by some to now they're two and seven, completely out of it. Yeah. Yeah, they're in trouble. And then the West. Uh, the West is going to be a really fun division in a few years, I think. Um, but right now it's the Chiefs to lose, and the Raiders may or may not get in with a wild card they've, spot. They've but... won three in a row, so if they keep the momentum they're on, they're in. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but that division could get really fun. I mean, I don't know. I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on Drew Locke and, and Herbert, but if they both pan out, that's going to be a Yeah, that would be very great division. Yeah, I mean, Herbert looks great. I think he's. they're definitely going to stick with him. Why wouldn't they? Uh, but I'm, I think right now the way Locke has been playing, I, I just if they're, they they're going to have a top 10 pick, it looks like. I don't see how they can pass up on Fields or – Obviously, they won't get Trevor Lawrence, but Fields, Zach Wilson, um, they, they, I think they almost have to take a quarterback because Locke last year wasn't great, and this year everyone was saying he would be an MVP candidate and all that. Um, he lost Cortland Sutton, obviously, which is a big blow, but Pat Shermer is like the most QB-friendly coach, and he's not an offensive coordinator, and he's not doing very well in that system, which is surprising. Right. Um, I I think for the Chargers, and I mentioned this a few weeks ago when I last filled in for Pete, I think Anthony Lynn might be on the way Drew Locke has thrown 10 interceptions, and he's only completed 55% of his passes. So, yeah, it's not very good. Yeah, I don't don't know. But 
hopefully they do pan out. I always root for young quarterbacks to work out. It's good for the league, but um, yeah, I think you almost have to wonder interesting to watch. if the Broncos will stick with Vic Fangio if they're bad again this year after two seasons. Um, they, I mean, no, I, I just there's there's so many other college coaches or coordinators. Yeah, I don't I don't see why they would. He's supposed to be a defensive coach and their defense has been bad. Their offense has been horrible. They need they need to do what the rest of the league is doing and go for a young offensive mind. You see it working. Yeah. Like Cliff Kingsbury, um Sean McVay, all those young offensive guys are the teams are really good. Yeah. Right, um, and you mentioned young offensive mind, new coaches. That kind of leads us into our next division because Joe Judge is very much not yeah. like Cliff Kingsbury or um, Sean McVay, and he seems to be having success with his uh, moderate success. But um, he's kind of the one outlier in terms of where the league is moving. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously he's a Belichick. Yeah. He's from that coaching tree. Um, he's an old school guy. He likes he, he always talks about how he wants them to play tough, is, and that's what they've been doing. Um, they they all really respect him. Um, all of the coaches, assistants teams respect him. He had a little fight with one, the offensive line coach last week. He ended up firing him and replacing him. Yeah. Um, that was a whole incident. I mean, they, he basically didn't like how he was doing his job, so he started doing it himself. And then he said, we're going to hire a consultant to help you. Offensive line coach Mark Colombo did not like that. Apparently, they got into a very heated argument. The whole fist fight rumor was not true, um, but he must have said something bad, so, and he got himself fired. Now they have um, Dave DeGuglielmo as their offensive line coach, who was with the Giants when they won the Super Bowl, and he helped um, transform the Colts' offensive line a few years ago. So we'll see what he can do for that unit. Because if they, they've they been playing really well recently, the Giants' line, but if he can do it, he did to the Colts for them. I mean, that's that I just, with the way they've been playing, they're just, that would be a lock to win the division, in my opinion. The Colts have probably the best offensive line in the league. E- easily top three. Yeah, I mean, Quentin Nelson is the monster. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you, what, are we still talking about the NFC East now? Probably. I- I'll follow up on your Joe Judge point. I'm also a Giants fan. And, I mean, it's just clear that he kind of commands respect from the team that Pat Shermer didn't. And, so, yeah, I mean. That's good to see. It's showing. They're one of two in a row. They have the momentum to win the division. Yeah, and it win. seems to me like Judge has all the power. Like, I think um, even over Dave Gettleman at this point, and I think Gettleman's probably on the way out, whether he retires or he gets fired or he steps into a lower role, whatever they want to call it. Um, and I think Judge will have a really big influence on the next GM that they pick, and he'll, he's really going to shape the team for the next five or ten years. I could see Gettleman uh, falling back into a kind of Marty Herney role with the Panthers right now, how he's kind of the GM, but he doesn't make all the decisions. Yeah, I mean, I would hope, I don't know how um, Drew feels about this, that he's not making any more decisions. Um, 
I know you're defending him last year before the draft. Um, if you wanted to. The thing is, Dave Gettleman does do a good well draft, or does do a good job drafting, just not in the first <laughs> round. Yeah, I mean, you're you're a Panthers fan, so you've had your share of experience with him too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> this man took Calvin. He, I mean, he built the team to be fifteen and one, and then the next year they imploded and they fired him. And of course, Giants hired him, and they've been they were improving and they weren't and. He's made a lot of bad decisions. Um, I don't see how they can keep him, even if they make the playoffs this year. I don't think it's really by any of his doing. I'll give him credit for James Bradbury and Blake Martinez. I actually didn't think Blake Martinez would be as good as he has been this year. He's been amazing. I think part of that is due to Patrick Graham. But The thing is, nobody in the NFC East deserves to go to <laughs> yeah. the playoffs this season. It's just... It's just whoever, like, beats that last division opponent, I guess. Like, I honestly yeah. think, I mean, like, I honestly went. think it'll come down to the last division game. I agree with that. I mean, because technically they're all still in it right now. Obviously, the Eagles and Giants each have three wins. The Cowboys and Washington have two, but they're all very much in it. Yeah, it would only take one win. If the Cowboys beat the Eagles, they're in first place, pretty much. The one interesting little twist to that before we move on, sorry. The Eagles have a tie where everyone else has losses, so that helps them a lot because if it comes down to them all having the same number of wins, even if they all get five wins, the Eagles win win the division from the tie. Yeah. Yeah, so that's how the Panthers won the division in 2014. They got a tie. Right. Well, I just have two things to add to what you guys were talking about. One being, obviously, I'm I'm rooting for the Giants to win. It'll be fun to see who ends up winning. But in the end, it's not going to matter because the winner will play either the Bucks or the Saints, and that should be a pretty yeah. terrible game. But – and then also – I can't let Peyton get away with his gentleman slander. I, I, I'm still somewhat of a fan of, of Dave, but I, maybe we won't talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we could go on for a long time, I think. Another podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, I think for the sake of time, we'll just brush over Dave. Maybe next week on our Thanksgiving. Oh, that'd be fun. A whole Dave Gettleman debate. Touch on it, but next. <laughs> yeah. Right get Jack involved and everybody, but you know, for now, we'll just keep on getting through just these divisions. breakthrough of Dave uh, Gettleman's entire <laughs> career. Right, we start with you. <laughs> Move on. Yeah, that'd be great. We'll have to talk about that. <laughs> um, the next two divisions we kind of discussed earlier by going through last week's games, but we could still discuss on the Packers are obviously leading the North. The Bears are collapsing. The Vikings are going the other direction, but uh, probably yeah. too little too late. It is It is the Packers' division to lose, though. So. Yeah, but I don't see anyone coming out of there other than them. The, the right. Bears' defense is so good, but their offense is atrocious. And then Nick Foles went down. I don't know if that means Trubisky will be back or if they go with 
Tyler Bray who came in. He looked horrible on that last drive. Maybe um, maybe the Bears should sign uh, Mr. Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't know how uh, a lot of the fans would feel about that one. I mean, they're in Chicago, yeah. so I don't think their fans would be too upset, but I think all the teams are avoiding him. A, he hasn't played in three or four years, but B, it's just too too much baggage that comes with him at this point. I think it'd be good for the league for Cap to come back. I, I don't think that it will ever happen, but uh, if it does, I will be watching. Um and that'd be an interesting fit for if the Bears. If Trubisky is playing for the Bears, then they're probably going to go to last in the division. I mean, say what you want about Trubisky, but they were undefeated with him, and they've lost four straight with Nick Foles starting. Um, I, I think they benched him too early, honestly. I, I don't. I still don't understand why. He wasn't playing that great, but they were winning. It was working. I think he also adds I think they were winning a lot. Most yeah, no, definitely. Years. And they will probably no matter who's at quarterback. But um, I think Trubisky is very different from Foles because he can run. And I think when your line is injured and not that good, you kind of need that aspect of the scrambling ability. And doesn't have that. I can agree. I can agree with that. Yeah, definitely. Did they pull him in week four when they were losing to the Colts, week, or week uh, three? And then Foles came back against yeah. the Falcons. I think they pulled him in week four, and then they started losing week six. I think they pulled him when they were. Um, I don't know. He had a comeback win. I could find that out. I. Yeah, so they Against pulled the him at like halftime of week three, three, I think it was. And then full scored 20 in the fourth to win, but has looked not too great since then. Since that yeah, win, and that injury did game. not look good. I think they said it was um, much more minor than it appeared to be, but he got thrown down hard. Yeah. Well, just one last thing on the North. I, I was saying earlier how the AFC West, you look at every team and you could see a bright future, that division getting really competitive. The North, yeah. I, I almost want to call the exact opposite. Yeah. I don't know the direction for the bottom three teams. Even, even um, the top team there, I mean, you don't know the direction they're going to go with Rodgers and Love and anything with them. Right. Yeah, and even the – I mean, we were talking about the Bears, but, like, all four of those teams are, like, kind of in limbo at this point. They're, like – I mean, obviously the Packers are con- are yeah, contending I, I, this year, but after this year, I mean, they're not, like, horrible to be in the bottom five of the draft, really, but they're none of those teams would be playoff teams in other divisions. Um, it's definitely going to be interesting. Yeah. So next division is the NFC South. We we also touched on this division a bit. 
But Colin, you I'm could lead us into the, it. The Bucks are probably going to win this division with the Saints struggling without Breeze. I'm going to say they're going to struggle for the first three weeks and go one and two. And the Bucks will go two and one, take the division, and then it's just theirs to lose from there. And the Falcons and the Panthers, we're we're not in it. At Interesting. All. You think so? You think the Bucks will go two and one in the next three weeks because they play the Rams, the Chiefs, and the Vikings. Yeah. Well, they could fully lose all they three could. of those games. They could. But I'm going to say they're going to go. What do you have to say about, I'm just curious, the, um, I guess it was two weeks ago, the, the Saints just completely beat the crap out of the Bucks. It's like 38 to three. That's true. I mean, they don't, they it don't play true. each other again, but that would be a fun game to watch yeah, if they played in the playoffs, that. maybe. I can see the Saints beating the Bucks in the playoffs if that were to happen. But I think the Bucks will win more games than the Saints in the regular season. And just that's just how it is. I think that's how it is. Yeah, Peyton's point is interesting because I I don't particularly have a reason to root for anybody in the NFC South, but you almost want the Saints to win it, considering they um, beat the Bucks twice. Like, if they're if if it's gonna get that close, you you kind of feel like you have to root for the Saints because I mean they are the better team. But we'll see what happens mm, without. Breeze. I just think they'll struggle without Breeze. Yeah, I I think they will too. Definitely for the first probably week, maybe two, maybe three even. Um, but also I. I think Breeze will yeah. probably try to come back too early, and then they might even struggle when he's back for a week or two. Um, and they haven't been mm-hmm. like obviously they're seven and two, but he has not looked that good this year. Obviously, it's his high completion percentage as he always does, but he doesn't throw the ball farther than fifteen yards really, and I think that's really limiting for them. They obviously have designed the whole offense around short passes with Michael Thomas and Kamara, but. Um, I don't see how in the playoffs when you have to face really good teams, really well-coached teams and good defenses, how that like dink and dunk game is going to work for them. Yeah. Well, Breeze is a warrior. That's a good point. So he'll probably be back sooner than we expect. So keeping an eye on that division. I believe they're still going to be without Michael Thomas. He might be back soon. Michael, didn't Michael Thomas... Wait, did you say they're 7-0 and without him? Oh, no. I, I misheard that. Um, seeing, I'm seeing if Michael Thomas is going to be back this week or not. I'm not sure. Yeah. He, he has played the last... Has he? Two games, um, but he he's been quiet. Yeah, I have been. Well, I know in the at least the first game back, he had like five catches yeah, for he, fifty he's... something yards, and he only played half the snaps. And then last week they really shut him down. Um, but yeah, again, he 
he really thrives at threes on all the just slant rats. Say whatever you want about that. I don't think we need to get into that. Um, but the three short passes are really his game. Yeah. I don't even think – I don't know how Hill's going to go if he's going to push it deeper, if he's going to throw it short. But if Winston comes in, I don't – that doesn't look great for Thomas because he likes to chuck it down the field, basically. And That could be good for uh, – what's his name? Uh, Quinn or something? For um, Jerry yeah, Quan Smith, that, uh, yeah, yeah, and Emmanuel the, Sanders too. Are the downfield the, passes. Yeah. Right. So, last division to go over before we quickly look ahead to this week is the NFC West which is one of the most competitive divisions in football, got shaken up after last night. And I still like the Cardinals to win the division, but what do you guys think? Um, well, after, I mean, the Cardinals look good. The Rams look good. The Seahawks have been looking – they looked better last night, haven't been looking great. I, I would just want to point out that the Rams actually, out of all the teams in the NFL, have allowed – the least amount of points total. Um, and I'm pretty sure I saw something that yeah, in the fourth quarter just... they've allowed like zero points or three points or something um, the whole season. If they can keep their offensive pace up with McVay and that whole high-speed offense, if they can pick it up a little bit, they have been haven't been as good as they were like two years ago when they made the Super Bowl in offense. Um, and if that defense keeps playing the way it is, I, I think they might take the division. I think they match up perfectly in terms of head-to-head with the Cardinals and the Seahawks with a really good defense and a, a pretty good offense. I, I agree. They're my sleeper team to be the number two seed. Just solely off that defense. Yeah, I think that's – yeah, I think it's important to look at the defense. Um, if you do look at – their schedule, they have four wins against the entire NFC East, and they also played the Bears. So I am a little hesitant to trust their defense with all of those offenses, but, I mean, you can't just throw it out the window. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely – I, I, I do fantastic. agree with that point, that um, when they've played actual teams, they haven't been able to win. I mean, they lost to the Bills. That was a really back-and-forth game. That was a crazy comeback. They lost to the Dolphins, um, and they lost to the 49ers, who aren't even in contention anymore. But then you see last week they beat the Seahawks, so or, you know, last week, I guess. So um, they, they really, if they can play like they did against the Seahawks, they have the Buccaneers coming up, and then they have to play the Cardinals twice still, the Seahawks again. They have a tough schedule, but if the defense keeps playing the way they are, then I, I do agree that they could be almost a two-seed in the NFC. Yeah. Um, one thing to point out, too, is the Seahawks and Rams are both undefeated at home. So I think whoever goes in and beats the other team in their building probably is going to win. But, right. Um, so I believe 
home um, and away record goes into the seeding in that as well, right? Uh, I think division record is the first tiebreaker, and uh, then. Um, but yeah, you're you're right. The Seahawks are five and zero at home. The Rams are four and zero at home. Yeah. All the divisional records are very close. Um, I I could fully see a. I don't know if that's mathematically possible. I think it. No. Yeah, it is. Like just a four-way divisional record tie. But. Four. I I I mean I don't know about the Forty ers they just looked kind of lost without – I mean, they haven't looked good with Jimmy G or without him. I think they probably have to draft a quarterback this year. Um, and their defense, obviously they lost Nick Bosa. They lost his backup. They lost the backup's backup. Um, and they've had all their injuries on offense too. But um, that defense just doesn't look the same as it did last year in that Super Bowl run. I, I think they uh, kind of missed the Forrest Buckner. I think he's playing really well. For yeah, I I agree with that. And I think um, it's interesting that in terms of, like, Nick Bosa, who obviously got injured in their first or second game, just how much of an impact he's made. I know last year, like, the 49ers fans' favorite argument was, yeah, he doesn't have as many sacks as some other guys, but his impact – is not shown on the stat sheet. That's almost kind of being proven to be true this year because they're just struggling so much without him. And obviously they traded away Buckner. Um, Definitely. One thing about the Niners, their last three weeks have been the Seahawks, Packers, and Saints, which – uh, it doesn't get a whole lot worse than that, but um, I'm I I kind of think it's a two man race between the Cards and the Seahawks, and obviously you guys like the Rams, so we'll have to see how that plays out. All right, well that took a lot more time than I expected, but uh, that was fun to go through. Um, on all episodes, we usually look ahead to the upcoming week. So I don't know if you guys have taken a look at the games on the schedule yet, but um, is there anyone that you are particularly looking forward to? Um, I think there are a few. I mean, uh, I, I would say, where, where to go? yeah, Packers and Colts. Packers and Colts would be pretty interesting. Packers and Colts would be good. Chiefs Raiders again. Um, Rams, Buccaneers. There are a bunch of really good games this week. And yeah. Titans and Ravens, too. Chiefs and the Chiefs and Ravens. Yeah, that's going to be very... quite an offensive game. I mean, the, the last time they put up, like, what, 70 points combined or something? Close to that? Right. I think this week, yeah, this time it could it be even no more. Defense. There's no defense when they play. Yeah, the over-under is 57, which uh, the over-under last night was 57.5. I think that was the second highest in NFL history. So this is probably the third highest, I guess, but that'll be fun to watch. Yeah, I think also 
um, Rams Buccaneers on Monday night. It's going to be important. Obviously, each of those teams need it if they're trying to take first in their division. But um, that's kind of also like what we were talking about a little bit. That could be end up deciding who's the second seed in the NFC. Um, and those are both two teams with really good defenses um, and offenses. The Buccaneers' offenses look really good recently. Um, obviously, Brady had a dud against the Saints, but if he can keep playing how he's been playing, I think that with especially with Breeze gone, the, the Buccaneers, if they beat the Rams, I think it's their division. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I think I think that wraps it up for us. Um, yeah, thank you, thank for, you having both for being here with me. It's been Andrew's idea. This was a lot of fun, and uh, Field Decor will definitely be doing something special next week for the Thanksgiving break, whether that's a podcast, and Dave Gettleman will be discussed, guys, or Zoom. So. <laughs> I'm going to keep your eyes out for that. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. We'll, we'll have to schedule a Dave Gettleman discussion uh, because we both have a lot to say on that matter. But thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. And Pete will be back next week.